With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit that like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And it takes only about a fraction of a second of your time. So do me a favor and smash that like button. Welcome. We are here. We are at the preseason finale because nowadays NFL teams play only three preseason games. So one more time, we'll see the Cowboys suit up for a mock game. We can call it a mock game. Let's do that. And then it will be the last time that we see players wearing the Navy and silver before week one of the regular season for a game that will matter. And it's going to be on Sunday night, too. So naturally, we're excited about tonight's show because we're going to be talking about figuring out some of the stuff that maybe we still do not know about how the Cowboys or what the Cowboys are going to look like when the season starts. So tonight, and I'll break it down for you here pretty quickly, we'll talk about Marquise Bell potentially being the solution for the linebacker trouble that the Cowboys are in. We'll talk about some of the players that are still fighting for that spot on the roster, but also players that absolutely need a game ahead of the uh, um, of the regular season. And since we didn't see each other last night, we're also going to talk about what happened with the Marcus Ware being inducted into the Ring of Honor. We'll talk about the response from the fans, the response from the media, and Jerry Jones and why he ruined the whole thing, in my opinion. We'll get to that later in the show. But before we do any of that, though, let me say hi in the chat. We've got Lance, Toxic Tom, Katharina, Guru. He says, thanks for your previous 53-man roster, Moses Guru. Thank you, sir. Colin here in the chat, too. We've got Eric on YouTube. We've got everyone here in the house. Thank you so much for tuning in. John Jones, Peasy. We've got a lot of people on the show tonight, so I'm excited about it. Let's get into it, and, and let's start with Marquise Bell, man, because I hated that we couldn't really get into it last night, and just a FYI, uh, sorry about not being around last night. That was one of the most intense headaches I've had in my life. I've done a lot of shows with headaches, man. I've done a lot of them, but last night, I just, I don't know what happened. I did not feel well at all. So had to postpone the show. Sorry about that. Uh, but anyways, let's get into what we care about. Let's get into Cowboys football. So we had Aisha Morrison on the show earlier in the week. One day after that, we had 
the 53-man roster projection. And in both shows, we talked about the safety position because it's very interesting. You've got the three starters, right? So Donovan Wilson, Malik Cooker, Jaron Kears, those three are set. If you consider Izzy Mukwamu a safety, then he's also locked into the roster. We know that. He provides depth for the entire Cowboys defensive backfield because he could be a cornerback in a pinch and, in fact, was one last season when the Cowboys were playing in the playoffs. And then after that, it gets complicated. And it got particularly complicated because of Juan J. Thomas's rise in the training camp and preseason. Now, in my roster projection, one of the topics that we touched in depth was me having Bell over Thomas in there. And this is not me patting myself in the back or anything like that, but it did seem pretty relevant that that same night, Marquise Bell talked about what we discussed on the show about him taking on some linebacker duties. Because my logic for having Bell over Thomas on my roster projection was that I feel like Bell can better provide depth for Dallas in the box at linebacker where they needed the most after the Marvion overshone suffered a season ending knee injury when he tore his ACL in last preseason game versus the Seahawks. So now we are basically getting confirmation from the Cowboys that, Hey, they do plan to give Bell a little bit of a boost in terms of linebacker preparation. And when reporters talk to him in that practice night on, on Tuesday or night, no, it was actually, what was it? Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? It was Tuesday night, excuse me. When, when Marquise Bell talked to the media and said this, he was asked about what he thought of himself as. Does he think himself of himself as a linebacker or does he think of himself as a safety? Because we know that he will line up everywhere. And Marquise Bell kept it simple and gave the players speak response, but I still loved it, which was, I'm a football player, and whatever they need me to do, I will do it. Now, for context, Bell has played 92 defensive snaps for the Cowboys, 44 of which have come in the box, and then almost 20 have been at the line of scrimmage. So rarely is Marquise Bell roaming center field going sideline to sideline as a single high safety or anything like that. Marquise Bell could really be that hybrid safety slash linebacker, especially when you look at his size. Because I know that for a linebacker, he's a little bit small, but he's also a heavy safety if you compare him to the rest of the NFL. He's in the 73rd percentile in weight. He's in the 91st percentile in speed. So he can survive the linebacker position because of speed as well. And I'm, I'm confident, honestly, in Marquise Bell taking on that role. Now, to be honest, what I wonder about the most is, do the Cowboys find a way to carry both him and Juan J. Thomas in the roster, or are they fine sending, in this scenario, Thomas to the practice squad? Because we have talked about this a lot. And for example, in my projection, which I still have the pictures for it, so I'll toss it up on the screen. I went with Bell over Thomas, left Thomas off of it. But I did go long at edge rusher. If you are the Cowboys and you say, you know what? Let me think of Marquise Bell as a full-time linebacker. Maybe not exactly as a hybrid, but a full-time guy. 
Do they find a way to make a cut somewhere else to then carry five linebackers and maybe, you know, the five safeties as well? It wouldn't be easy. And maybe it matters. Uh, I mean, what's the word here? Very, maybe it matters less than we think it does because maybe for Dan Queen, linebacker and safety is nothing but a label in the sense that he wants a hybrid player that can do a little bit of everything. And maybe in his defense, and I'm just going to make this up, but maybe in his defense, the name for that position is, I don't want to say Jack, because that might be confused with other defensive schemes, but like I'm literally making it up. Maybe it's a Jack. It's not a linebacker. It's not a safety. It's just a Jack. And it seems like a dumb thing to say, but it's really how coaches think about their defensive schemes, right? We've got names for everybody, but coaches have their own names for their positions. So a team might call their nickel a nickel. Nick Saban calls it a star. That's the name of a nickel in Nick Saban's defensive scheme. That It's a star. It's not a nickel. It's a star. For some coaches, it's the apex player as well. So what I'm trying to say is Marquise Bell really could provide some depth for the Cowboys at linebacker. And to me, that ability really maybe puts an end a little bit to the conversation of him versus Juan J. Thomas because I don't see Bell not making the 53-man roster. I see both making it potentially, but I don't see Juan J. making it over Marquise at this point, even less so with Bell saying that Dan Quinn did ask him to add to his linebacker duties moving forward as the Cowboys try to replace the Marvian Overshone. Now, on a similar note, and we won't dive too much into this, but man, the Giants traded a seventh round draft pick for Isaiah Simmons. And I would have loved the Cowboys to make that happen because Isaiah Simmons has not been what the Arizona Cardinals wanted him to be when they drafted him eighth overall in the NFL draft. But he could be a fun player for Dan Quinn. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be a fun player for Wink Martindale over there in New York defensive coordinator that is pretty crazy with the blitzing, with the man coverage. I think he will use Isaiah Simmons in such a fun way. And for his seventh round draft pick, man, that's nothing. I would I would have loved the Cowboys to do that. But I'm also not going to complain about it because it's probably one that, you know, the Giants worked maybe a little bit under the radar or not. I'm just going to give them some respect. Anyways, let's see some of your comments here in the chat to see what do you think about this whole thing with Marquise Bell uh, playing as a linebacker for the Cowboys. Let's see here. Gregory says Bell can also knock the sh out of someone too. Bell can hit. He is a hard hitter. I agree. And I think that also has to do with what we talked about with his speed, right? So 91st percentile in the NFL in terms of the 40-yard dash, that means he is faster than 91% of the players in uh, linebackers in the NFL. Bell is a dog, says Jason Chavez. And I'm also going to say the fact that he was already on the team last year helps his case so much. Roderick says Bell is built like overshone. I think it's a good idea. Here is, <laughs> here is uh, one more thought about it, though. And that is... Can he play as much as Overshone would have played special teams? Because I don't think Marquise Bell was not an ace. 
last year for the Cowboys on special teams. That's going to be a challenge for him, in my opinion, moving forward. And you look at him, and he is quite the athlete, so I'm not questioning him because I think that he can do it, but it's something that we have not seen yet from Marquise Bell, and it's also going to be fun to see how he looks as a special teamer because now he will probably be active on game days with it being linebacker three or something like that. And Bell has been getting a lot of reps in training camp and the preseason, so I'm confident in, in his understanding of the defense for sure. Now, Colin says they still need to add another linebacker, and that might be fair. Like, I, I wouldn't dismiss the Cowboys actually going ahead and doing that because they might. I mean, we talked about Rashawn Evans earlier in the week. We talked about Anthony Barr. And that, that, that was it. That's the thing. That's probably the two free agents that you can talk about at linebacker. And then from there, you're probably thinking about trades. And that's the problem with the Cowboys losing overshown at this point of the year. Toxic says, kind of banking on a guy who hasn't proven all that much, says Toxic. Now, although I agree, I will note, chances are the Cowboys are not going to bank just, uh, I mean, they're not, they are not banking at all in Marquis Bell replacing Overshawn. Because remember that the Cowboys, most of the time, they will be playing with two linebackers as their base defense because it's going to be nickel or it's going to be big nickel, right, in, in dime packages. Uh, they were the team that used the fourth most dime personnel, which means six defensive backs on the field. And that was when they were using three cornerbacks. And then on top of that, they were using three safeties. So in that scenario, like every time that the Cowboys walk out there in dime personnel, or most of the time, I should say, it's going to be Kears, Hooker, and Donovan at safety. And it's going to be Clark and LVE at linebacker. So you're kind of banking on Marquise Bell, but also he's going to be a rotational player more than anything else. And it's an important rotation that we're talking about here, but it's not like Marquise Bell is going to be out there playing 80% of the snaps, is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that's what we will see from him. So... I'll, I'll give the Cowboys some leeway in that sense. Lance says, I think that we like our guys. There you go. Would much rather have a proven yet a proven bets as Toxic Tom. But you do have proven bets at safety, right? And, and even at linebacker, like you have Leighton. And I'm not saying that the Cowboys have a deep linebacker unit. But I'm also saying Overshone is not a player that was projected as a starter. And neither, and neither should Marquise Bell, right? That's pretty much my logic. Yeah, exactly like Pat Thompson is saying here in the chat. Overshone wasn't going to start. So most of your depth guys are either bets or are young guys who are looking for that shot. And I'm fine with Marquise Bell being that for the Cowboys. I, I think I would rather see how this project plays out than I would like have Anthony Barr back, maybe. That's just me, and, and it might be tainted with a little bit of optimism, thinking about what Bell could be for the Cowboys, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, that is it for the linebacker position and the Marquis Bell conversation, ladies and gentlemen. I also 
wanted to talk about one question that I posed for you guys in the chat last night. It wasn't in the chat, excuse me. It was on social media as a quote-unquote replacement for the show. And we're going to be talking about Josh Ball and TJ Vass. Because if we're talking about battles that haven't been defined before the preseason finale, you got to think about that one. Ball and Bass. Because Josh Ball has been the second teamer for most of camp and preseason. He's been getting those uh, starts in preseason games so far. But now... We're also hearing a lot about TJ Vaz getting those first team right guard reps in practice. And we heard about Josh Ball getting the snaps at right tackle again instead of right guard. So it, it's going to get to the point where you got to ask who's making this team. Is it going to be TJ Vaz or is it going to be Josh Ball? Let me know in the chat if you had to keep one. Who would you keep in this conversation? Or not only that, maybe let's turn it into who do you think the Cowboys keep? Because I think that if I ask who would you keep, then everyone's going to go with TJ. And I would would much rather than make the question a little bit more complicated in the sense of who do you think the Cowboys are going to keep? Because this is a tough conversation, man. And we touched on this a little bit when Aisha Morrison joined the show and she made a very strong point in saying, listen, we know that Josh Ball can run block. And we know that the Cowboys coaching staff, by the way, values that a lot. But the question here is, are the Cowboys going to feel more comfortable from a pass pro point of view in keeping Bass over Josh Ball? It gets more complicated when you consider then it's not like Josh Ball is looking terrible in the preseason games in pass pro. And yes, they are preseason games and all of that, but in 27 pass blocking snaps against the Seattle Seahawks, he allowed zero pressures. And he looked good out there. He had a higher pass block rate, uh, great than TJ Vaz did, for example. So it's not like TJ is clearly the superior pass protector. He has the most upside right? As a rookie and you're kind of banking on him, taking that step as the season goes on and and keep developing and keep developing. But do the Cowboys like Josh Ball more than TJ Vass? I think it's not a very easy question to answer. And I think it's one of the premium things to see on Saturday night's game when the Cowboys take on the Las Vegas Raiders, because it might result in who keeps a roster spot. Because I try to look at it Right, I try to look at it from, from a roster point of view. I have a very tough time figuring a way out to keep them both in. And in my recent roster projection, I had Josh Ball over TJ Voss. But you know, over the last few days, I've been second thinking, second guessing that. I'm gonna stay with Ball just because it would be unfair to change my projection two days later. So I'm not gonna do that. I think that would be cheating. Uh, but you guys in the comments have a preference, and it is pretty clear so far. Pat is going to go with TJ. Gregory is going to go with TJ. Pat says, but I wouldn't keep neither. Oh, that's interesting. I would look outside. All right, I respect that. Lance says, damn, I don't trust Josh Ball at all, so it's Bass for me. 
that is a hey, that is sad but it's it's is a it's it's a true i guess i take ball over tj Voss's toxic tom ball has game experience i think that both make it katharina goes with boss collins says josh's ball stock is so low that i feel like it's time to buy price earnings radio is probably negative at this point that's good value colin that is a that is the comment of the day man you had me saying price earnings radio in a ratio in the middle of a primetime show uh respect to you sir respect to you buy the dips is toxic tom i'm gonna go with josh ball for my answer just because that was my original projection in the 53-man roster but i will say the last 48 hours have me second guessing this so much because it was on wednesday night's practice when the second team was called no the first team was called and tj Voss was getting those first team reps as people have noted uh who were there at practice over at the star including the man the myth the legend skywalker Steele, who took five seconds out of his time to meet and greet michael parsons a class act from skywalker Steele, ladies and gentlemen an applause for him. Toxic Tom says, I love the prize earnings ratio comment is legendary. Yeah, that was awesome. That made my night. Love the prize earnings ratio reference. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're going to start tossing some financial terms in there every once in a while here on primetime just to keep things fun, I guess. Uh, I'm just kidding. But hey, TJ Voss versus Josh Ball to me. One of the top battles to watch in the preseason finale. I want to see who gets to start because I th I do think that it's if it's Josh Ball over TJ when the game is played, that might be super relevant. I think that will tell us that will tip the Cowboys' hand a little bit there, especially if Josh goes out there and has a strong performance in the preseason finale. If he gets a start and then gets killed out there on the playing field. Then he's not getting that roster spot, probably. But if he gets a start and combines it with a strong performance, I would have a tough time thinking that TJ is above him on the Cowboys' depth chart, right? So tough way to, uh, I mean, it, it's a tough challenge to keep them both on. So we'll see if, if TJ doesn't make it. Let's see if he can be sneaked back into the practice squad. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the TJ Bass Josh Ball thing, but there's so much more to figure out in the preseason finale. So I have a list of players, and I'm sorry for the lack of graphics on tonight's show, by the way, but I have a list of players that need a game. And I want to ask you in the chat, who is your one player that needs a game? You know, the one player that if he doesn't have that big-time game, he's probably getting cut. I want to see who you guys think about in this segment because it's fun. It's fun to see these players fighting for their last shot at the team. The chat is going crazy right now. Uh, Mary Roberts, Simi Fehoko, boom. And Simi needs probably like three games in one at this point, honestly, with the way that Jalen Brooks has jumped him in the depth chart so far, or at least apparently so. Simi Fihoko, one of the biggest followers of the preseason, so for sure. So I agree with Mary here. Uh, he would need a big-time game. Alex goes with Simi, too. 
Toxic Tom says, I mean, big game for Simi Fehoko. Yep. Colin also goes with Isaac, uh, excuse me, with uh, Simi. Got confused there with Guru's comment that says Alarcon. Hey, Isaac might uh, also need several games, probably. Because uh, I don't think he's making the 53-man roster at this point. Lance says, Jabril Cox for the Cowboys. Hey, Jabril Cox is weird. And, and Pat is also mentioning him. Jabril Cox is here because I don't know that he's really in danger of losing out on a roster spot. We The Cowboys barely have linebackers, man. He does need a big-time game, though, in the sense that he might be losing out on the, on the backup job at linebacker. I mean, we were talking about Marquise Bell having somebody from another position taking on that role over him. So that's not a great sign of how things are going for Jabril. But I also don't think that he's in danger of being cut at this point in time. Maybe if like Overshone was healthy and you had Overshone and maybe you wanted to keep just Harper or, or Jabril Cox, then I might be more into that possibility. But... I, I have a tough time looking at him as somebody who could lose out on a 53 roster spot. Neville Gallimore says Tom915, and I actually had Neville, and I even had Quinton Vohana. Uh, on my roster projections, neither of those two is making the cut. However, this could change very easily because in this scenario, and you know, it's maybe a little bit easier when you're doing it on a spreadsheet and not making the actual decisions for the team. But I had Isaiah Land on my projection and, and the only way for me, for the Cowboys to keep Isaiah Land is for them to go long at edge rusher. Because who else are you going to cut? You're not going to cut Armstrong. You're not going to cut Fowler. You're not cutting your fourth round draft pick, Viliami Fehoko. So you got to go long at this position, in my opinion. So that forced me to make some additional cuts, a defensive tackle, and I think it could be a scenario that the Cowboys themselves face. I think that Gallimore has a tough time working his way back to the roster. And, and yes, I agree, he would need to have a big game. He would need to flash what the Cowboys saw in him years ago. And maybe the same for Bohana. Like, Bohana has been having a strong preseason, and Aisha Morrison talked about it, talked about it on the show with me a few days ago. And she really kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the fact that, hey, Quinton could be earning his spot back, uh, even more so when you're seeing that, hey, Masi will take some time. Or like we were reminded of that with a rough preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks. So, those two, in my opinion, are guys that need a game on Saturday night, for sure. I like the defensive tackle signs where because sometimes we overlook them a little bit. Isaiah Land, says Gregory, this is a very fair answer because even though right now we look at him as a projected roster member, he, he might be one game away for uh, from that going down the drain, right? Because undrafted free agents need to prove it out every single day. So I agree. Like, you don't want, if you're a silent land, you don't want to have a slow day in August. You just don't. Because it's already a challenge to keep you around. 
you need to keep showing the coaches like, hey, this is a sure thing. This is not something that I just showed you guys for a couple of nights. This is going to be me every single day. So I agree with Land in, in that sense. But right now, I do have him projected as a 53-man roster member. Let's see here. Special teams, possibly. This is Pat Thompson. Uh, let's see. Oh, man, the chat is wild. I, I need to watch my step right now in the YouTube chat. <laughs> Collins, I uh, think that Chuma might get cut and brought back to the practice squad, honestly. Yeah, Chuma was one that where I first set out to put together my projection. I never really thought that he was going to be cut. But then you start doing the math, and I agree. Uh, I don't have Chuma in my projection, actually. It's tough keeping so many offensive linemen. It, it really is tough. John Jones says Gallimore and Bohana will not make it to the practice squad. So a little bit of a warning there in the chat from John Jones. Somebody else said that, hey, uh, Lant wouldn't make it to the practice squad either. Uh, David says, and if he gets suspended, will they be able to carry someone else on the 53 till Williams comes back if he gets suspended, says David. So they would they would be able to, to bring somebody else on the roster on the 53 while he is suspended. And then when he gets activated, then you would just make a corresponding move. But realistically, I don't think that is going to happen. I don't think Williams is going to be suspended after his arrest. For those of you who maybe uh, missed out on the news from yesterday, Sam Williams was uh, arrested on Sunday night, one day after the Cowboys-Seahawks preseason game. And then, you know, he did practice with the Cowboys. He's around with the Cowboys. Uh, Jerry Jones' stance was honestly pretty hilarious. Uh, whether you agree or disagree with what he was actually saying, he was out there doing the math and saying, hey, listen, this time they stopped him at a little bit lesser of a speed infraction. He, he was like, he was stopped at 34 miles per hour less than he was last time. So that was a pretty wild statement from Jerry Jones, but still he did make it. So the Cowboys are all in in Sam Williams despite this latest incident. And talking about the NFL, like, man, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to suspend him now. Like say that they do suspend him. Cause you never know. It's the NFL. It's Roger Goodell. He might suspend Williams at some point, but right now I wouldn't expect it to happen. I think this type of stuff usually takes some time to get figured out. And it kind of sucks to be like stressed about the possibility of Williams being suspended at any time during the season. But so far, man, uh, I wouldn't be too worried about that. That being said, like, bro, that is, that is absolutely crazy from Jerry Jones, what he said. I was, I'm going to be honest with you. I was laughing so much when I saw that clip from Jerry Jones saying that, because I was like, there's just no way that he went out and said that. And man, it's kind of weird because I've seen people try to defend Sam Williams a little bit on social media and kind of like talking about the substance thing. And, you know, people will always be in disagreement with that. And the same with, you know, him carrying a gun and all of that. But ultimately, like, 
imagine how different this conversation could be if he had gotten into another crash that could have had like more serious consequences than the crash that he had last year. Because last year he had a crash and, you know, there were minor injuries. So we kind of forgot about it pretty quickly. But what if it had been major injuries to him or to somebody else? The conversation would be pretty different. And speeding is dumb. Like speeding that way is dumb, in my opinion. I think he was going 71 on a 45, I think, was the details that emerged today. Last time he was doing 90-something. Uh, so he was well above the speed limit last time. So I don't see how you can defend him in that sense. Sure, I, I understand that the two other elements of this arrest are always going to be controversial. And I'm not even going to get into that because it doesn't matter what my own opinion is about it. Like, they are controversial topics. When you get into substances, when you get into guns, it is very controversial. But forget about that and think about the speeding that way. It's just dumb. It, there's no other way around it. There's no other way around it, especially when it happens this way, right? Two arrests in two years. That doesn't mean that he has sped twice. That means that he got caught twice. And I'm telling you, man, that first crash, everyone was pretty much unharmed. I mean, he, he did have the concussion. He did miss one game and all of that. But I don't want to go to the super extreme and start talking about Henry Rocks and what happened with Henry Rocks. But even something in between and the conversation could be extremely different. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. I, I, just, I just wanted to share that opinion really quickly. But that, all of that being said, like, sure, Jerry Jones' response was pretty funny. And it was pretty, pretty hilarious. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is a Sam Williams conversation. Uh, other players, and I just had this one in my mind. This one is so tough because I know that Eric Scott Jr. is so tough to figure out right now and what's going to happen with him. But Eric Scott was among my players that need a big game. And that's just because in my projection... I struggled to keep him on board. And, and this is the guy that they traded up for. So I understand that. And I understand that this would be a very tough cut to make. But if, if Jordan Lewis is ready to go week one, and let's assume that, if he is ready to go week one, who are you cutting if it's not Scott Jr.? It's either special teams ACJ Goodwin or is Kelvin Joseph who has played much better than Eric Scott Jr. this preseason and in training camp. Or you're cutting Lewis himself, right? So I think about it from the point of view that, you know what, the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. Every week, literally every week is going to matter so much. So I'm not thinking about, oh, yes, I'm having Jordan Lewis start on Pup just so I can keep Eric Scott Jr. on the team. I cannot think like that in this scenario because the Cowboys have some tough games to start the year and I want them to be at full go right away. So I know that Scott Jr. is not ready yet. I know what he can be. I know that he is not ready yet. So in that sense and having that in mind, I would go this route for my projection. I don't think this is too much of a crazy scenario. but. 
it's 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 a tough situation and i definitely understand how controversial it is because i see the comments right now and toxic times i would cut good win for scott jr and i thought about it a lot but one of the things that i was talking to uh aisha about when he when she joined the show was you already don't have look gifford and if you lose CJ Goodwin, you're losing another special teams ace. You were going to replace uh, Gifford with Overshone. He's not around anymore. And it's not like Goodwin replaces CJ Goodwin automatically because Joseph was also in that top three of players in terms of special team snap count. So you're trying to replace too many special teams aces. And while sometimes we kind of underestimate that, I don't think the Cowboys have in the past. So it would be a significant shift for them to really go down that route. Uh, but it's a fun conversation, and it's one that I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out over the next week ahead of cut down day on Tuesday. They would cut Goodwin for Scott Jr., says Guru. Goodwin is not a Pro Bowl gunner. When is J. Lou going to be ready, says Tommy915. And that is a big part of this conversation, and it's one that we are in the dark about. And this is part of why... The conversation is so tough because he was asked, uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about it again today, and he didn't really give us a lot of information. His response was like, yeah, he's done very well. And McCarthy did say that, you know, uh, that he's done very well. That's pretty much all that he said. I was trying to find a, a, an additional quote just in case. But yeah, basically has not given away any sort of information. Uh, Bruce says, Patrick Nosey Walker said that J. Lou isn't going anywhere. And, oh, I, I don't think that it's a conversation that he could be cut, but, like, could he go in, into pup and start, not go into pup, but actually, like, start on reserve pup and be out for the first four weeks of the regular season? That's what we would be talking about in that scenario. But I know that four games don't sound like a lot. When you're talking about, you know, keeping one of these guys, but also do you absolutely need Eric Scott Jr. for the first four games of the season where you might really need Jordan Lewis? You are one injury away from needing Jordan Lewis. And I'm not talking about an injury at nickel. I am talking about any injury at cornerback. Lewis could be the first guy up. He could be the next man up, even without practicing all of this time. Because he's got experience. He could be the nickel cornerback. You could kick Bland outside. I'm just saying, like, Lewis, if healthy and if ready to go, could be way more important than we expect him to be. And let's face it, Bell has not had, uh, excuse me, Scott Jr. has not had the preseason that, that we hoped for him. He's had some rough moments. And that's okay, because he was a six-round draft pick. Whether they traded up for him or not, they traded up for him in the sixth round. Is it absolutely crazy if he goes into practice squad instead of the 53? I'll say no. I'll say no on that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on, though, a little bit here on the show. Crazy to think that Lewis was our starter. Now he's our fifth guy, says PZ Alfuego. And, and hey, he could be the fifth guy. Yes. He could also be like the fourth guy, honestly, at a cornerback, I guess. Uh, it's also tough to not know how to count Easy Mukwamu 
in this whole situation. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, two more names though before we get to the one more uh, some more thoughts. Malik Davis, it's a big game in my opinion. Rico is at running back two right now. Deuce Vaughn has locked in a roster spot. Deuce is not going anywhere. Can Malik Davis figure out a way to stay on the roster? We will see on Saturday night. And Juan J. Thomas, you know, circling back to the Marquise Bell conversation. Marquise is bringing that to the table for Dallas. He could be more of a linebacker, hybrid player. Thomas needs to convince the Cowboys, though, about finding a way to keep him on board as well. Now, let's talk about the Marcus Ware thing. I know it happened yesterday, but we didn't see each other yesterday, so this is me talking about it right now. The Marcus Ware got in the Ring of Honor. And man, let me just say, we know about the accolades. We know about the accolades. There is no doubt in any of our minds that D Ware deserves to be in the Ring of Honor. It's just true. Second fastest player ever to get to 100 sacks, only behind, only behind Reggie White. The Cowboys player with the most sacks in franchise history. Four-time first-team All-Pro with two more second-team All-Pros on top of that. An absolute machine. Didn't get, didn't get a Super Bowl ring with the Cowboys, but he did get it elsewhere with the Denver Broncos when he left Dallas. And he got inducted, or he's going to get inducted more accurately, into the Ring of Honor in 2023. They have not announced a date, but he's getting the Hall of Fame, you know, ceremony versus the Seattle Seahawks. So you could assume maybe it could be then, or it could be before, or it could be after that. We'll see where, in other words, as Lance Bell says here in the chat, he was a no-brainer. He deserved to be in the Ring of Honor. It was his moment. We should be talking about it. We should be all celebrating Ware's place in Cowboys history and how it's going to be immortalized. And yet, did you feel it was like the Marcus Ware's moment? Let me know in the chat, honestly. Did it really feel like it was the Marcus Ware's moment? Let me know in the chat. And, and let me know, did you feel more happy about the news for Ware than you did just annoyed because of all of the Jimmy Johnson situation? Let me know in the chat. Were, were you more happy than you were annoyed when you heard the news? Because that's one of my favorite Cowboy players ever. And yet, it did not feel like where's moment. It, I wasn't happy. I wasn't excited. My first tweet, my reaction tweet was like, oh, where's going on before Jimmy goes in? And that sucked because that's all on Jerry Jones. And we've talked about this at length here on the primetime show. We all know that there is no excuse. There is no excuse for Jimmy Johnson to not be immortalized in, in that ring of honor. And in June, I wrote an article and we talked about it here on the show that every year that goes by where Jimmy Johnson is not in that ring of honor, it loses meaning. Its meaning is tarnished. And... For the first time 
in a long time, we got a reminder of that and we got confirmation of that. Because the moment that was supposed to be all about one of the most iconic players in Cowboys history was not really about that. And when Jerry faced the media, the questions were not all about how does it feel for you to get DeMarcus in? They weren't, what's your favorite DeMarcus Ware moment ever? No, the questions were, hey, Jerry, what about Jimmy? Where is Jimmy? When is Jimmy going in? And Jerry Jones' answers were as disappointing as they can be like. After all, there is no defending the fact that Jimmy is not in there. And we would talk about it again and again. And we talk about it every single year. And it's exhausting, really. But when it gets to the point where we're not excited about the Marcus we're going into the ring of honor, that just really pisses me off, honestly. Like, it should have been all about the Marcus were, and yet it wasn't. And then it was made a little bit worse when Jerry talked about the process and why this made sense, et cetera. And basically his logic was for the most part, the Marcus Ware is a player. And then he said something that I really was annoyed at, which was, and this is per Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News. Jerry said, there's no waiting as much as it's how and when we do something. The waiting term isn't a part of this process. In that sense, Everybody that's going to go in there in the future is waiting. And he even said, do you want me to say that Micah Parsons is going in? Because he's likely going in at some point, right? That was his kind of extreme example. But how can you say that waiting is not a part of it? The Hall of Fame, the Ring of Honor, all of that is always about the waiting as well. Weren't we mad at the Marcus we're having to wait Two years to go into the ring of honor. Like we all hoped that he would get in in the first ballot because of what he did and how good of a player and historical player he was. It's always about waiting, man. Every year we're talking about first ballot players. We were mad about the Marcus Ware being snubbed. The waiting is always relevant. And in my opinion, it's particularly relevant when every big time player from the 90s is in the ring of honor. And when you're getting to three decades now of snubbing the two-time Super Bowl champion coach while saying or suggesting that your franchise has two other winning coaches, Super Bowl winning coaches that could go in too. And talking about Barry Switzer and we concluded Bill Purcells as well with that information, even though Bill Purcells never won it for the Cowboys, right? And then there was this other thing that Jerry says it's about how we do it. What does that even mean when in 2021 you said, hey, man, I'm not inducting Jimmy this year into the Ring of Honor because I don't want it to take away from the Hall of Fame year. And then he goes and does exactly that for the Marcus Ware. The Marcus Ware, man, deserves it all. Like he deserves to be in the Ring of Honor. There are some comments, whether you believe it or not, right now in the chat taking away from the Marcus Ware. Like, we've got a comment here. Ware had empty stats. He never showed up when needed. And I saw some so, uh, somewhere else that he was overrated. Come on, stop it. <laughs> stop it. The Marcus Ware was not overrated. The Marcus Ware is really one of the best players 
in Cowboys history. Second year Vallot Hall of Famer. <laughs> he's not he's not overrated, man. So this is nothing, 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 nothing against DeMarcus Ware. This is all frustration at Jimmy Johnson for the first time, kind of giving us confirmation that indeed the Ring of Honor is kind of losing its meaning because you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that we were not really super excited or not as excited as we should have been when the news broke yesterday. It's just true. And it's so true that when this conversation started, when this topic started, this segment started in the show, first few comments that came in in the chat were all about Jimmy. They were not about where. And that really just proves the point a little bit there. Uh, I actually asked you guys a question, but I went on a rant there. Did you consider it where's moment? And Toxic keeps it real. He says, no, it was Jerry's moment. It was Jerry's moment. Um, what else here? Where's Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor, says Guru. Very glad for the Marcus Ware, says Guru, but it brought back disgust about Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Lance says, hell yeah, happy, but JJ deserves it too. No-brainer also. Bruce says, D-Word deserves to be in the ring. With that being said, Jerry's come for making it about his beef with Jimmy Johnson. David says, Jerry's still salty. I don't know how they're going to make it happen when they do make it happen, because Jimmy is going up. Like, there is no doubt in my mind that Jimmy is going up, but I don't know how and when that will be the case. And hopefully, hopefully when it happens, it can become all about Jimmy Johnson and not about the beef that Jerry and Jimmy have had for all this time. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Some Mo Thoughts segment of this Thursday show, the final show before the preseason finale. I hope that you guys have a fantastic weekend. I know that it's going to be fun to watch the Cowboys play on Saturday night. It's going to be fun to watch them play at decent hours instead of so late in a Saturday when while UFC 292 was being fought. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor, hit the like button. If any of you guys are in Las Vegas, check me out on Twitter because I might be going on a radio spot over there for some Raiders Cowboys content. So it's going to be super fun if that does happen. Shout out to Harry Reese who, who might have me there. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you on Sunday night to talk about the preseason finale. Thank you so much for everyone in the chat. I appreciate you as always. Nos vemos.